Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman right over there, he is Will Curran of Endless Events, but he's not just any Will Curran. He's the wacky Will Curran of Endless Events. Well, over there, we got the, the very sweet Brant Kruger from Event Technology Aww. Consulting. Oh, sweet. But guess what? I'm really wacky today. <laughs> well, you were also this close to being the unarmed Will Curran of Endless Events, but I couldn't mm. vouch for that personally since we're in different locations. So well, let me just disarm you. Okay. <laughs> Aw. Well, maybe because you're so wacky, it is disarming. Yeah, it's true. That's so true. today, well, you know, you, you brought uh, an article to my attention that I really liked, and, and I'm glad that you did, because I think it's worth talking about, and it's from our buddies over at G2 Planet. Um, and it raises a very interesting question that's worthy, I think, of a little bit deeper discussion. Um and the question that they asked is why cost should – well, the, the statement, I guess. <laughs> why cost should not be the deciding factor in choosing event technology and what it should be instead. So it's mm. a great opportunity for you and I to kind of chat a little bit about, you know, okay, what are the, the factors that you should take into account in, in choosing uh, event technology and, you know, hit some of the points that they've hit on on why cost shouldn't be one of them. Absolutely. Well, I think it, uh, first let's definitely talk about the 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 nine million pound gorilla in the room, which is that it's an event technology company publishing an article <laughs> about why why basically you shouldn't worry about price at all. You should just pay for the more expensive option, which I do think uh, begs a good question and yep. should always be discussed as well. But uh, just uh, just so you guys know, there's uh, probably a little bit of bias potentially in this article, and as event technology people, we might be a little bit biased sure, too. Sure, it's, it's but, like when you and I do a session on in-house AV versus third party, yeah, totally. you're going to have an opinion about third party AV. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very true, very true. But it brings up some legit points that I think are still worth diving into. Absolutely. So um, let, so I guess kind of starting off with, I think there's a cool statistic to kind of kick it all off with is um, basically they surveyed a bunch of planners and they found that when helping choose an event technology provider, so this could be everything from apps to engagement to I'm, I'm guessing AV to digital signage, you know, whatever it may be, but the when choosing one technology provider over another, the largest share, sixty five point three percent of planners cited cost as their deciding factor. <laughs> wow, it, it's it's one of those statistics that's that like it sounds kind of amazing, but at the same time, like I can't help but ask, well, isn't that always one of the factors? I mean, if you did this survey yeah. about anything. You know, cost is always going to be one of the major factors. I mean, if you said, you know, what do you do when you're, you know, what's what? What are you concerned about when you're looking at blenders? Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, I feel like cost would probably rank pretty highly. Um, you know, it's not it's not the end all and be all. And are there things that you should consider regarding blenders other than cost? Sure, but it's always going to be there. But so I think it's kind of interesting that that seems to maybe be more so when it comes to event technology. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'm kind of looking at it now too and I'm I'm guessing this survey question too was based on a multi checkbox, you know, like people could choose multiple reasons because I'm looking at the graph of kind of the data and it's showing that 65.3% cost, 49.1% support, 42.9% integration, 
36.9% all in one solution. So obviously it's the top one that everyone picked, but this is obviously not like a, a pie chart of like what was the number one thing. I think that's probably the, the question that I'm going to look for next. I'm going to keep looking through his data and see what was the number one thing, right, the only right. reason. Like if you had to only pick one reason, what would it be? Right, right, right. So, so okay, obviously cost is a factor. And that's, you know, that's the question that they're, they're posing is should it be the deciding factor? And so there's a few different directions that we can go uh, on, on this. And, and one of the first ones, uh, at least for me, and something that I keep kind of uh, hammering home is really at this point, you know, in most of especially when it comes to like event apps, right? We talk about event apps. There's literally hundreds of providers, you know, at this point of event apps. So and many. so there really are good quality providers at just about every price point. Um, at some point, though, you're going to give up something, right? So if you're, um, uh, you know, going to go with one of those lower price points, maybe it doesn't have as many features. Maybe it doesn't have, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't have kind of white glove service uh, where, you know, you're having to do more work on your own. Um, so there's always going to be a trade-off there uh, when it comes to, to price. I get really nervous, though, when we start talking about free event technology. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That at some point, companies have to make money. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase that I always kind of work around, and I'm not the one that coined it, but basically, if you can't figure out what the product is, the product is you. Um, and so... Or if they you can't figure out how they make their money. Right. They make their money off of you. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, yep. So, you know, when, when you're dealing with registration services that are free or um, uh, audience engagement platforms that are free or mobile apps that are free, you have to ask yourself, how do they make their money? And if you can't find a good answer to that, I'd be a little leery about that. And so I really try and make a point of even in like iOS apps uh, or Android apps or anything that I buy or get for my computer, I really try and pay attention to how do they make their money? Because if it's free, um, that means they're looking at your data or they're selling your data or they're aggregating your data or something, uh, usually data related. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you just have to be, that's kind of my initial and most important caveat, which is why I wanted to get that out uh, kind of kind of right at the beginning. Yeah, I think I think he definitely uh, uh, proves some really interesting points about yeah, like you have to be worried about sometimes the the cheapest thing isn't always the best, and and I uh, I get that this probably the same conversation could be applied to not just event tech, right? Like it's not that just event tech we should only spend more money on, right? But same thing can be provided for entertainment and you know catering and all these things like that. But I think a lot of times too. Um, because it used to be just more of a tacked-on add-on, we tend to forget a little bit more uh, uh, that it's you know where you know that uh, hey like we can just you know throw it on at the last minute. It's not right, the main portion right. of the event, but now tech is getting so central to what we do. You know, do we want to um, you know use it more than that? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a fantastic point. That that a lot of times the budgeting process for the event technology is something that. Um, it is kind of pushed to the last minute and and it's not being thought of in the budget early on. And so then as a result, it's like, hey, why don't we get an app? We need an app. You know, why don't we have an app? And then, oh, well, we don't have any money for it. So I guess I got to use one of these free platforms or low cost platforms. And so I guess in that context, 
you know, that's why cost is, is such a big factor, potentially, because we're not planning for it in advance. And I think that's some of what these guys are trying to say. Definitely, definitely. And uh, one thing I would definitely want to do, too, is give a shout out to uh, Event MB, who the original uh, data came from an article they wrote called The Role of the Event Apps in the Age of Change, um, which they where they they surveyed planners about kind of their, their their event app needs and things like that. So if you're curious a little bit more about this data, you know, feel free to click on through into the show resources section where we have links to all these articles for you to check out as well. Um, well, should we move on to kind of the um, the the the, uh, da- the they had the section called the dangers of price shopping event tech. <laughs> yeah. I love these headlines. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, great job, guys. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say you go ahead. <laughs> There's so much to uncover here. Well, I mean, it's it's they they start with a, a fairly nightmarish scenario, and and it's definitely one that I've been in. And so, you know, everything's running great at your event. You know, the food is great, the Wi-Fi is mostly working, the attendees are you know mostly engaged, and then suddenly something goes wrong with your tech, and you know they don't know where they're supposed to go, and speakers are confused, and and the guests are frustrated, and the presenters are furious, and and. You know, it, that can absolutely happen because, you know, you try and contact the, the tech vendor and no one's home or, you know, it's a it's a recording or something like that. And I think, you know, part of what they're kind of trying to get at here, and I again, I kind of agree, is that the more lower cost you kind of push things, um, the less likely you are to have like really good support. Um, you know, that's, they've got to save money somehow, right? And so, um, and I kind of alluded to that earlier that you're not going to have that white glove support. And so there's, I can't tell you the number of times early on in my consulting career that I was talking to an event technology company and they had this great idea and they made this product and they're ready to bring it to market and they're ready to start, you know, putting it in front of event people. And then at some point in the conversation, they say something to the effect of, and then, you know, we can just sit back and watch the money roll in. And, and it's like, wait, so this is all them doing it. Oh yeah. It's all them. You know, it's all DIY. You know, that's how we're able to do it so cheaply is because it's DIY and, you know, they go in, they put in all the information. I was like, okay, so, so there's no support team. Well, it's me and this other guy. And it's like, okay, so Mm. you guys are going to be fielding a phone call at, three o'clock in the morning because you've got an event on the other side of the world, um, you know, that's having problems. No. And, you know, they're, they're, and so, you know, they just want to kind of sit back and, and have, you know, the planners do all the work and then, you know, rake in the money. Now I, I have opinion. We've talked about this on mm-hmm. this show before um, that you know, the really good tech companies are starting to realize that, you know, hey, we've forgotten about the service side of software as a service and are starting to provide more of this white glove, you know, like, hey, we got your back. We're going to make sure that it goes well and we're going to make sure that you've got 24-7, you know, tech support. And um, I think I think planners are willing to pay for that, to be perfectly honest. So I think, you know, when you're starting to factor in your costs and factor in your budgets, I know plenty of planners that are willing to pay a little bit more in order to have that comfort. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think I think that's a really good takeaway from this section is all about the support of everything uh, as well. Um, I I love that we have decided that that's a big trend, and that <laughs> that's a good point. That cheaper sometimes leads to less support. Um, one interesting thing I think they kind of like put in here, and it's a very slight side portion, but I also think it's very important because I see this a lot in 
AV world, but also the tech world in general. But is this line where it says, um, when something goes wrong, the event management software blames the app developer and mm. vice versa. Like, because we're in this confusing world of, you know, you don't know, quite can't consume. Like, so let's say, for example, the entertainer, you know, says the F word. You know who exactly to blame. And you know that <laughs> that went poorly. But if the app has an issue... Oh well, oh it's just a Wi-Fi, or it's it's this blame game of like right. there's this convoluted mess that you can kind of hide behind, and I think far too often, you know, I think again talk about good support is a admitting when you um you find a, a, a you know an issue and there is an issue admitting it, but like this blame game stuff, and I tend to find that a lot with lower cost suppliers across all boards is that they don't know when to make a mistake because they're so afraid to lose their client versus saying we screwed up here's how we're going to fix it it's it's absolutely true and i'm not going to lie i've been on both sides of that where i've been the sure. the, the one that says you know i'm just going to blame the wi-fi for, for that um yeah, but at the same time i've also been in the situation where it definitely was the wi-fi and it's like you know i'm really sorry that this isn't working for you you know this solution that you know that i'm that, that i'm presenting to you and that we're working with is really low bandwidth. There's no reason it shouldn't be working, um, and yet it's not because it's not getting connectivity or the Wi-Fi is dropping depending on if the wind blows. Um, you know, and some of it is voodoo. I mean, we've talked about that before as well. That like a lot of times network connectivity, you, you feel like you need to sacrifice a chicken and you know turn the circle three times, and maybe it'll work. Especially with the five Gs coming out now. <laughs> exactly. And so, like literally, I was just on site where I had a bunch of kiosks that were that were running, uh, you know, off of laptops, and they were all connected to Wi-Fi, and they were all updating. But there was one that no matter what laptop I put there, no matter what I did, it was just like a dead zone on the, on the show floor where wow. it would just disconnect from Wi-Fi every, you know, half hour or so. And wow. I would have to go in and like manually, you know, reconnect, disconnect and reconnect to the Wi-Fi whenever kind of nobody was around um, to, to refresh that kiosk. Um, never did, you know, I was there for a week and I never did figure out why. And, you know, like I said, we tried swapping out laptops and all that kind of stuff. But guess who gets blamed? For 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 that, you know, it's it's the vendor, it's it's the supplier, mm -hmm. it's the person, it's the technology, and, and even though it had nothing to do with what we were doing and what we were providing there on site, you know that oh yeah, really it doesn't work, huh? Why isn't that one updating? You know, it's that kind of thing. I love one of the sentences that's in this article um, as we were talking about when things go horribly wrong and, everyone, you know, you said everybody starts blaming each other. Um, they, they say, at this point, do you really think your boss is going to care what kind of a great price deal you got on the event technology? <laughs> you know, and this goes, this is an age-old thing in business. It's, you know, it's the old, you know, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM thing. And so this idea, I think honestly, uh, and, and Will, I'd be curious to get your take on this. I think, honestly, that's why a lot of times uh, folks are going with the known name, right? So you're going with the, the known names yep. in, in mobile apps, in registration, um, uh, you know, without calling anybody out in particular. You probably know the ones I'm thinking of, the big names that are out there. And, you know, part of the reason those names are getting bigger, maybe, is because, you know, it's the safe name. It's the one everybody it's uses. definitely safe. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Regardless of the quality of the product. That's very true. That's very true. I think a lot of times too. Yeah, like people feel the the need to feel the to the go to the safe bet, and I I do think that there's a lot of like you, you said. This is a age old business question in general. So like we're not going to solve this on this episode, and this might not ever get solved. Period. But like far too often, you know, 
We just, uh, you know, there's definitely, you know, some issues with just choosing cheap. But there's also the psychology of like, oh, if I choose the expensive option, the Lamborghini, the Rolls Royce, mm. I'm getting the most of high right. end. But, um, yeah, you just have to kind of decide. But what's interesting is they, they kind of then uh, serve up four factors for uh, potentially things that you should look at when it comes to your event technology. I think they're they're worth kind of bringing up and kind of unpacking a little bit. Do you think so, Brent? Absolutely. Bring it. All right. So um, it says the, the first one that you need to look at instead of looking at cost as being your first one is looking at power that can say like functionality. So things like features, you know, are you looking for more an all in the one? You know, we'll reference the episode where we talk about all in one platforms versus kind of piecemealing it. Yeah, I was thinking kind of, of look, that one. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Looking at all those different things and even references on here, too. Like, does it have future features you want, like facial recognition or, you know, a CRM integration or things like that, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and I think that's very, very important. I feel like honestly, most people look at that. I do. Would you agree that most people are at least looking at features and you know the kind of obvious stuff? I do. It depends on the tech. I mean, I'll be honest with you. At this point, like like I said a second ago, you know, there's 200 different versions of mobile apps, and 98 percent of what they do is the same. You know, it's got the schedule, it's got the agenda, it's got the speaker bios, it's got maybe a map, it's got, you know, and so, but figuring out what that extra couple percent is, what that extra maybe will save even 5% of what they do differently is huge. So I guess what I would say is not only looking at the power and the functionality, but what are the specific needs of your event? You know, what makes your event a little different from the event that was in there, you know, the week before? So, you know, medical meetings have a different, you know, set of standards and requirements than, say, uh, an internal corporate meet- sales meeting um, for, you know, somebody that sells widgets. Um, or a, you know, an insurance meeting is going to have different requirements than, you know, than that medical meeting. So, mm-hmm. yes, yes, paying attention to power, paying attention to functionality, paying attention to features, but also paying attention to what are the specific needs of your event versus somebody else's. And well, then, yeah, I, roadmap. Yeah. yeah, you take a look at the roadmap. You know, I've definitely recommended products based on where I think think the client is going to want to go in the next couple of years rather than, you know, what they need now because of the fact that, like I said, that, that, you know, 95% is the same. Okay, great. But here's where I think they're going to want to go in the next few years based on our conversations. Great. That's why I think you should go with this product because they're going to be the ones that are going to do what you need, not now, but next year and the year after. Well, I think that's a perfect transition to one of the other factors they recommended, which is uh, flexibility. So, like, they talk about flexibility and the ability for it to flex to what you want it to do. But I also think the flexibility for it to scale with you as well. That, you know, like, on, I think a great example, and I know I use this as an example so much, but I haven't got any flack for it quite yet. So uh, feel free to tweet me if you want to give me flack for this. But HubSpot does a great job at this. You can start at their low free plan, get some features, but as you scale, you can get all the way up to their enterprise level, all the features does revenue reporting you know um, analytics blah 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 you know it does all day but you don't have to start with the four thousand dollar a month package you can start with the free package and move up as you need more and more and as you need scaling and going and i think flexibility is huge now and i think that's the thing most people take for granted they say i'm gonna work with the diy option we're small save money we do that but what happens when your event goes from being 300 attendees to being 10,000 attendees right. and you can't do it. Well, now we got to switch, got to move data. What if you could build a system that's flexible along the way? 
and it leads directly into one of the into the third one, which is some simplicity. So finding that balance between flexibility and simplicity. Um, I love what you just talked about with the different scaling of, of price plans. I see so many companies that have like two price plans, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's like everything under here costs this much, and everything over here costs this much, um, and that's so frustrating because frequently that you know that initial plan will be designed to get you in the door, um, and then you know if you need any of the features that are in the the you know the the the, the premium plan whatever you want to call it it's an enormous price jump oh my God. i would love to see more companies having this kind of gradiated scale of you know okay you know but you know as soon as i say that i'm like i hate being nickel and dimed yeah but, <laughs> so, well i mean you bring up a good point something in between you know zero and premium yeah, like a great example I have of that is that, you know, I have this software we use, and so we switched over using Rippling to manage all of our employees, and Rippling is a, like a single sign-on service, so it means that my employees have one account, and then I can start connecting other tools to it, and then when they go to that tool, it automatically logs them in. Well, I can't tell you how many gosh forsaken tools <laughs> I have that are like, oh, yeah, you can totally set up single sign-on, but you have to go up to our top-tier plan, yep. and I'm like, but I don't need any of the other features, I just want single sign-on, which is already worked. Ah, so frustrating. And honestly, as much as I don't like being nickel and dimed, I would rather maybe pay an extra, you know, let's say that software tool is 50 bucks a month. I would rather bump to like a $75 a month, but most of the time it's moving to the enterprise level, right. which is like $300, $400 yep. a month. And I'm like, I don't, I absolutely not paying an extra $300 for single sign on. Not worth it for me. Thank you. No, that's, I, I'm 100% with you. I mean, there's literally a platform that I use every day and I'm on their free platform. I don't need any of the tools that are in the, in the uh, advanced mm-hmm. platform, but I want to like pay them. You know, as, yeah. you know I, I, there's value for this product. I want to make sure that you keep developing it. And so I literally sent them like a $200 gift card and was like, here, buy some pizza for the engineers because, uh, you know, because their, their premium plan was like $200 a month. And I was like, I don't, I don't need, but like maybe one feature of, of that yeah. premium plan. So finding that balance between flexibility and simplicity, you know, so that you've, you, you're able to, as the planner, go in on the back end and, and not, not have your eyes glaze over uh, with all of the options right away. You know, that the, yes, you want to be able to expand as you grow and change and your event evolves. But the good, you know, the good event tech that's out there has managed to kind of strike that balance between, you know, here's what we show you at first, you know, so that you're not mm-hmm. overwhelmed. It's like, you know, what's the name of your event? <laughs> and, and then you slowly, it's that onboarding process of like not throwing too much at you, of, you know, uh, at you at any one given time, but then, okay, well now I need to figure out how to do this. Okay, great. We've got a module for that. Or, you know, go into these advanced options and you can do that. Um, I'm always kind of fascinated by the design choices behind, you know, what's immediately visible to you as the, as the, yeah. you know, as the user uh, versus what kind of gets exposed to you over time. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, just r- rambling on there a bit, but flexibility versus simplicity, I think there's definitely a balance to be found. Definitely. And I think then as that you like scale up and you get to the more advanced stuff, um, you know, that's where, you know, the fourth one comes in, which is support. And we already mm-hmm. kind of beat this one with a dead horse. Yeah, snaps. But, that's what I'm doing but, in the uh, background. Snapping, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> I mean, you can actually put some snaps in there, you know, like a... <laughs> sound effects. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like obviously support is huge. And I think that's one of the, the, the most underrated things because like the support team should be a part of your like almost IT team. And I think when you have good support, you can say things like, for example, like I have, you know, if you have a big event planning team, 
oh, hey, I'm having trouble getting this feature to work, or where do I go to do this inside the software? It doesn't have to be the planner to be like, I know everything about software. So for example, like I'm like the HubSpot like, um, like guru on my team. I've, I've used every feature. I know almost everything about it, but I don't want to be the linchpin anytime someone says like, hey, this is weird. This tool is acting up or hey, how can I do this? Or mm. hey, can I do this? So I told my team, I'm like, guys, utilize the support because we're paying for it. So, right. you know, email them, set up calls, do whatever you have to do and utilize them all day long. It allows you to delegate and kind of have an internal IT department. Which I think is huge. It is, and and it's tough because I know some of the small companies struggle, uh, you know, with with support because you have to, you know, obviously you have to pay people to to do it, or you have to do it yourself. So there's a lot of founders out there that are literally fielding texts and phone calls, um, you know, to in support of their of their app or or whatever their technology is, uh, which you know you shouldn't have to do, but you know they 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 don't want to you know pay somebody to do it, and then dealing with international, right? So if you've got people on you know different sides of the globe, mm-hmm. you kind of need someone, you know, uh, you know, kind of North and South America hemisphere, and then you kind of need someone, you know, maybe East Asia or Central Asia hemisphere to kind of handle that side of the world, um, and it's one of those things that. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of thought. It takes effort uh, to do right and to do properly. Um, so it's, uh, I can't, you know, underemphasize how important it is. Uh, and yet we still see people struggling with it and still pe- see people kind of doing it on the cheap, um, which I think, again, you know, goes back to this, the point of this article that, you know, you kind of get to a certain extent and get what you pay for. So if you're going with one of these, um, you know, kind of low budget uh, technologies, there's a very good chance that you could struggle trying to get a hold of someone at, you know, 10 a.m. on a Saturday when, when you're having issues. And yeah, I mean, like, that's one thing I think we have to keep in mind, too, is that, you know, when it comes to our events, everything's so time sensitive. So like, we usually want to run into issues, it's on site, or it's right before an event, or it's when you're launching tickets. So, you know, if your support is lacking on that, that service on the on the, the technology side, you're going to run into a major issue that if they can't answer fast enough. It could mean life or death for for your event or not using that technology at all. So I think uh, you bring up a super super duper solid point. Well, I'll also be honest with you. It's why I always highly recommend having someone from that technology on site. I mean, even if it's just babysitting, you know what I mean? Just it's the just in case something goes wrong, you've got someone totally. right there, you know, that you can talk to about. And you know, I think. Uh, the more that we see tech companies doing that and just providing that as kind of part of the package, you know, obviously there's travel costs and things like that, but um, you know, that, that, Hey, as part of our package, we're going to include someone being there on site to make sure that your event goes off. Um, I I think the better and the more that we can kind of negotiate that into contracts and just, you know, think of that as being part of the budget. Um, Again, recently on a client that, you know, she was running around doing all the technology herself when she was nine months pregnant last year. And I was like, you know, I think next time we're going to bring somebody in and, and manage the technology for us. And, you know, it's, it's, I I felt like it went much smoother and clearly, uh, you know, she was a lot less stressed um, mostly by not being nine months pregnant and, uh, you know, and being able to, I'm sure she wasn't nine months pregnant, but um, you know, but, but, you know, being able, 
able to, you know, actually just sit back and manage the event as opposed to having to stress about, um, you know, and I've said this before on the show as well, that you know, a lot of times I judge my value when I'm on site for a client uh, by how little they have to come into the ballroom. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's saying something about the support uh, level that you can Definitely. get with your event technology as well, that, that as you, you can, you can value how little you have to worry about it um, by letting their team take care of it. Yeah, I think you bring up that great point. I know we've beat, we definitely share and talk about it a lot on the podcast about bringing that that, that you know technical producer technologist role. Um, I did if you if you don't listen to Event Brew, uh, one of our other podcasts, um, just had a great episode talking about the you know dozen or so uh, roles that you need to have for the next decade of events. Mm. Um, so how we talk about like now you have a food and bev person, you have an AV person, but one of the leading ones was you need a techno. A, technologist as, as we called them and that's the person who's going to worry about all the tech and be in charge of it and that's a huge that was our number one first one we said you got to have for your events coming forward and i feel like i read an article relatively recently uh saying basically the same thing and, and i'm not in any way trying to self-promote but that hey that i agree that's that's what i do yeah exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. um uh, you know that, that that it was basically saying that one of the big trends coming up uh for for the next few years is having someone on the team dedicated to the technology and and whether that's someone who's literally on your team as a full-time or part-time employee or someone that you bring in as a contractor I can't agree more that, that, that we're getting to that point where it's not okay to just have that person who's kind of techie um, who, who handles all of those um, you know handles all of those questions as, as we as this stuff gets more and more complicated I couldn't agree anymore. Should we, uh, should we should we wrap this one up with a nice little bow? Yeah, I think we're getting close. I love that this article uh, kind of concluded uh, with a friend of the show, Christy LaMagna, um, who's, uh, if you don't know her, she's worth a follow and worth checking out. Uh, she's a planner extraordinaire um, who uh, I've known uh, for a little while and gotten to know better uh, over the course of the last year. And she's, she's really funny and really smart. And she's mentioned in this article... Um, uh, talking about you know the, the the need to make sure that we're looking at ROI and, and building the brand, and so you know they just kind of threw this out as a, as a final criteria uh, on selecting your technology is just making sure that it's really supporting your strategy, and and this goes back again to something that I, I've said probably 10,000 times uh, in my career, which is that most people would rather see old technology used well uh, than new technology used badly. <laughs> um, so, you know, really just making sure that you're not getting the tech because it's shiny and new, but because it's going to serve a purpose. It's going to help you, uh, you know, support your strategy. It's going to help you meet your goals. It's going to make your attendees' lives easier. It's going to really, you know, push that all-important ROI for your event. Yep, I absolutely agree. Well, <laughs> I, I hope that maybe we maybe changed the minds or at least helped everyone think a little bit more further about evaluating um, your technology providers and when it comes to cost, how it factors in into the larger conversation of choosing your vendors as well. Absolutely. And, and as they as they close the article, uh, it'll impress your boss far more than simply saying I bought the cheap one. <laughs> so, I love that line. So, so good. So props, props to the folks over at D2 Planet for, for a, a great conversation starter for us today. Absolutely. And make sure that you go read the full article. Um, we're going to link it down below in the resources. Um, so make sure they go check that out. And I'm, uh, uh, speaking, speaking of resources, Brant, 
Where, where do people go to get those? Well, I feel like if they wanted to learn more and, and, and maybe get access to, I don't know, things like show notes, um, I, I, like links to those resources, oh, maybe even yeah. like transcripts wow. of, yeah. of the show. Uh, I feel like, Would that be cool? I feel like that would be cool. And I feel like if they wanted to do such a thing, they could do so at eventtechpodcast.com. Um, that's definitely the place to find out more about the show and all the things that we talk about on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's definitely the place to be. You know it as well. Brent, thank you so much for uh, being on this one and talking through this. I think you shared some enlightening points and some awesome tips and tricks for everybody out there. So uh, thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure as always. Awesome, awesome. Should I, should I, you want me to keep going? Bring, I it, home, keep bring it home, bring it oh, home, bring it home. I'm, I'm, right, I'm putting the ball on the tee. I just want you to hit it out of the park. All right, here we go. Well, guys, if you didn't know... We're also on every single podcasting platform. Wherever you're listening to this right now, if it's not the place you want to listen to, we're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, also Spotify as well, um, which is cool. And Spotify is doing some cool stuff with like podcast playlists, and you can kind of check that out. Uh, we'd love that as well, so go check that out. Um, and then, as Brent said, Event Tech Podcast, get all the resources, everything like that. Go sign up. Get the exclusive invites, that, that nitty-gritty awesome content. And but most of all, as we said, we can get a ton of feedback from you guys. We love hearing from you. You know, feel free to give us a shout. Hashtag Event Tech Podcast. Shoot us an old school email at Event Tech Podcast at HelloEndless.com. And you know what? Thanks so much for listening. We, we couldn't do this without you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.